Are you stuck in a bad situation at home or at work? Not sure how to save your relationship? Struggling with overwhelm? You're at the right place. This is Coping with therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gantz Ferentz, a registered psychologist on Kelly Catrera. It sure is. And here we are, Blue Monday. It is the most depressing day of the year uh, in the calendar. So according to a 2023 report commissioned by the Future Skills Center, the main reason Canadians take time off work is mental health. The main reason. A third of Canadians have taken time off work in the last five years to, do with ment- to deal with mental health issues. And I know mental health is big. I mean, it, it, it could be all-encompassing, could be a frightening term for a lot of people, but this is stress, depression, anxiety, burnout. It comes in many forms. So that's why we have our two experts on the show to help you out. Here's the phone numbers. one 225 talk 416-870-6400. We are going to be joined by uh, therapist Yona Budd. Uh, and we have Dr. Gantz on the line right now, a registered psychologist. Guys, this is something you've been doing. You've been doing this uh, throughout the day on several mm-hmm. of our networks. Um, Dr. Gantz, how's it been going? What is the What is the number one thing that's stressing people out? Well, you know, yeah, it's, it's been going well. Uh, but yeah, the, the number one thing I think is, is, uh, we get a lot of stuff, a lot of calls around the sandwich stuff, the sandwich generation and, and feeling stressed out and squeezed by having to look after your kids, but also having to look after say aging parents and people who aren't doing well. And then, you know, also just kind of managing our social interactions with the people at our, our, you know, in our own cohort, right? Like sometimes we have those friends that might be going through something or maybe we might be going through something ourselves. So generally stress and knowing how and when to look after ourselves, but also be responsible for the people in, that are counting on us. Let's uh, get to this email that I got, Dr. Gantz. I think it's a good one. Sure. Um, I would like to share and bring forth the issue of caregivers. I saw my father go through the terrible disease of Alzheimer's. Sadly, myself and my family watched this disease take my dad away in 2015. What I'd like to comment on is there's thousands of family caregivers who stand silent because of the pressure of this situation. And you find yourself not thinking uh, of yourself, not taking care mm-hmm. of yourself. And if it's months or years of this situation, d- the damage is done. It compounds. Sadly, I'm going through the same thing with my mother again. And I have found that here we are back again. Yeah, it, it is. It is very difficult. So, so many, like we, we do have that feeling of this is our responsibility and, and no one else can do it as well as us or, or no one else should do it. A, a lot of times, a lot of families, we have a, a, like, whether it's a larger culture or a family culture of no, our parents need to stay with us. We need to do everything for our parents or our, our extended family. But the truth is that we are only one person or sometimes there's two of us, but the idea is that we can only do so much. One of the things that I suggest people do, and this is something I had to learn, my own therapist helped me to recognize this, is that the better I feel, the better I do. So if I'm in a good state, I'm going to be better for the people that are counting on me. I'm going to be better for the folks that are relying on me to look after them. But that means I have to take the time. I have to give myself permission to do some self-care. I have to be able to say no sometimes, even to the people that are counting on me so that I can take some time to look after myself, fill my own tank, make sure I'm in good working order so that I can show up and be my best for other people. Okay, Dr. Gantz, let me pop in here because I want to ask you a strategy then. So you've really laid out a really great uh, argument for self-care. 
But how do you navigate other family members that might be sharing responsibilities with you or they look at you and they say, what do you mean you're stepping away and you're going to do a spa day? How, w- give us some language and some strategy to cope well, with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's about teaching the other family members the same idea. Like, you know, and I've actually done this with families dealing with this exact situation. We, you know, getting everybody together and say, okay, listen, we need to come up with some sort of system whereby we do what we need to do to look after the folks or the person that we need to look after. But we also have some time where we know we're not on call. We're not on, 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 uh, on duty because we all need that time off. Even people in wars get time away. They have that so that they can actually be able to go back and fight when they need to. One of the things, one of the strategies that I think is really good is if you can afford it. Now this is, this is, you know, there's some limitations with finances for some people, but there are a lot of other, um, free and low cost services that you may be able to get, uh, in contact with through, you know, a social worker or, or somebody, uh, your doctor might know, uh, some of this stuff. But what I find is that there are certain things that only family can do. Like they're the emotional parts of looking after somebody, connecting with people, talking about, you know, the memories you have together. That's something only family can do. There are other things like physical care, like driving to different uh, appointments, doing different things like that, that really other people can do if we can get, if we can recruit other people to do them. So what I suggest people do is take, like, look at the situation save themselves for the emotional stuff, the stuff that only you can do and anything else that you can delegate, you want to do that because you want to keep that energy, keep that, keep, keep yourself in good working order for those connections when you need to have them, when you need to make them. Because honestly, one of the most difficult things for an aging person is loneliness, is not feeling connected. Mm. Uh, loneliness, they say, is, um, you know, the equivalent of, poking, of smoking two packs a day right? In terms of your health uh, consequences, right? So you want to be able to be there to connect with somebody, but you can't do that if you're pissed off and burnt out and tired all the time. I want to move over to Yona, uh, Yona Bud on this for your, for your comments. Look, if fair isn't always even, I've heard that before. And I think it is such a great saying because it's true. So fair isn't always even. And, and when it's, uh, when we're talking about this case, how do you tap out and not get people upset with you that are also caregivers? If you're taking care of, care of an aging parent. Well, the, you have to make sure that if you're taking care of an aging parent, you understand what your obligation is in the process. And, you know, off, often what's important here is to make sure that you know where you are, you know, in the scheme of things and stay in your lane. So taking care of an aging parent means being them for the, be there for them as a, as a, as a child, as a, as a, as a son, as a daughter, right. Being there for them in that capacity, not trying to be the, 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 the skilled caregivers that most people mm-hmm. need when they're in that situation. So recognizing that you have limitations and making sure that, uh, you know, unless you're trained as a, as a PSW, uh, all you can do is be the best kid that you can be in the, in the, in the process and, uh, and know your limitations so that you don't stretch beyond what you're good at and put your, your parents, your, your aging parents in a place where they're perhaps not getting the best care. Dr. Gans? Yeah, no, 100% agreed because, you know, this well-meaning, and and this goes for looking after your parents, it goes for looking after your kids, it goes for looking after your spouse. Uh, Well-meaning, but overdoing it, this is what leads to resentment. This is what leads to, you know, things like elder abuse or child abuse when we feel like we have no out. We feel like it's, you know, the, the weight is always on our shoulders. So 
to, in a weird way to look after the people we care about. Mm -hmm. We also have to say no to the people we care about once in a while so that we, you know, go and do the things we need to do. And, and when I'm saying this, I'm not saying go and have a spa day. I'm, I'm talking, well, although that's nice too. It's not a bad right? thing. Well, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, so a couple of, couple of factors with that permission is really, really important. You need to give yourself permission. You need to know that what you're doing is right, reasonable, and responsible so that you can kind of talk yourself out of the, the, the programming that you maybe have gotten when you were younger or what society is saying all around you right now to know that, no, I need to do this so that I can look after that, after these people. We don't reward our car with gasoline after the drive. We actually fill the car with gasoline so we can go on the drive. Okay? I'm going so to let that sink in because I think that's yeah. a beautiful way to just for some people to be able to understand what you're saying, just keep that image uh, in their minds. So we're getting right to the phone lines to get your calls. And welcome to the Kelly Cotrera Show. Oh, hi, Kelly. Love your show. Listen to it every day. I'm on the road every day. So um, I'm calling because I'm having a serious issue with my son. He's a fentanyl addict. Um, the reason for that was compounded by my younger son who was murdered seven years ago. And um, from there on, like, I've been having to hold a fort. I'm literally exhausted mentally, physically, because my older son, who's an addict, um, you know, he was trying to numb his pain. Um, I almost lost him twice. And, um, you know, it's not one thing to see your one son die, but you don't want to see another one die, you know, in front of you. Um, I just don't know where to go anymore. I, I used to have compensation from victims of crime, but that all ran out. So I can't see a psychotherapist anymore. Uh, my son at the moment is currently trying to withdraw cold turkey. Um, I haven't talked to him in two days. I get worried. I don't know if he's dead or alive. And uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, I think everybody feels so sorry for what you're dealing with, and you certainly can't do it alone. So let's start off with uh, therapist Yona Budd, who's an expert in uh, in addicts and, and addiction. Uh, Yona, what are your thoughts here for Anne? Anne, first of all, I feel your pain, and my heart goes out to you. Um, you know, unfortunately, this is the world I live in, so uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, fentanyl, as you know, is not something you want to uh, take lightly. Your son needs to get help with his withdrawal. I don't think this is something he should be doing by himself. Uh, emergency rooms in most hospitals will be helpful with this kind of thing, uh, number one. So number number two, you're his mom. You're not equipped or skilled or in the right frame of mind or emotional state to be his caregiver in any other way other than being his mom. So number one, I, the question I would ask uh, the listener is, uh, is, you know, is, are you get, is your son getting any therapy around the loss of his brother? Uh, if the answer is no, then he needs to. Um, and no, uh, and, well, so, so number one, we have to get the fentanyl under control, which means he's going to need some step down withdrawal. He's going to need some help with maybe uh, some short-term hydromorphone or something. I'm not a doctor. An addiction doctor will help him. Uh, he can get that at a hospital. already all that. He's gone to Pinewood, and then he just keeps relapsing. Yeah, you know, you know why? You know why? You know why, love? You know why he's relapsing? Because no one's dealing with the loss, the grief, and the reason that he's using. And, and, you know, in all the years I've been doing this for four decades or longer, over 4,000 patients, I've not met anyone that uses drugs, alcohol, or other kinds of things that didn't have a overwhelming 
mental health issue underneath it all. So we have to first get your son some support around his addiction and get him into a withdrawal program and some form of government supported detox because money's an issue for you. And second of all, someone has to help him deal with the, the loss, the trauma uh, and the, po the post-traumatic stress that come from this circumstance that you've provided. And by the way, my guess is you've got some traumatic stress yourself that you should probably uh, work with in the online support groups. Perhaps the government um, has many helplines in Ontario that you can call. They may not be the best, but they're certainly better than nothing uh, and they don't cost anything. Uh, but this is more than you can handle as a mom. And um, I, I'd be more than pleased to talk to you if you want to leave your number with uh, with uh, the, the, uh, the person that took your call. I'd be glad to give you a call on, if, at no charge and see if I can help you sort it out a little bit. That would be great. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he not only just lost his brother, um, yeah, two years yeah. ago, he lost his girlfriend oh, yeah. and he woke up to her and she was dead next to him in bed. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there, there, there's, there's, so, there's, so, there's so much trauma here that, um, you know, you have to recognize that, you know, we, you know unfortunately, we don't have enough time to, to, to give you all the support you need right now. But mm -hmm. let me tell you something that uh, your son is uh, dealing with, a, with a, a lot of a lot of trauma. And that trauma is very difficult to make go away. And I'm finding I'm sure he finds that even fentanyl doesn't do a great job. So let's get him the help that he needs before this thing gets uh, worse than it is. And uh, make sure you understand that you can only go so far. OK, so leave your number with yeah. the uh, with the person that took your call and I'll be pleased to reach out with you in the next day or so. And thanks so much. I, I really appreciate thanks, you reaching Anne. out. Um, let's go to Zoe in Edmonton. Can we uh, just pop in with Zoe here? We've got about uh, three minutes time. But Zoe, you've got a really interesting question that I think a lot of people can relate to because not everybody can relate to what Anne's going through, but they can with you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, I just have really struggled finding employment after having a solid 32-year career, and it's just a lot of rejection. I have a lot of great pillars in place, like exercise, sleep, all that good stuff, but it's more the mindset that I need to adopt because it's just rejection after rejection. And how do I stay in a place where I can continue this process just so I don't burn myself out because I'm just finding myself getting very frustrated by, by everything, of course, financially as well. Incredibly relatable. Dr. Gantz, you want to handle this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for calling, Zoe. Yeah, this is th this is hard and something that, that a lot of us can relate to because it it, it is like mean, you have two struggles. One is the financial reality, right, which causes stress. Number one causes stress for people, um, but then there's also the repeated rejections or you know um, not getting what you want. So that that can be very frustrating. One of the things you might um, one of the things that really works is to really understand that ah, this might be a little hard to get to right now, but truly the rejections that are happening, the things when, when somebody says no to you, understand that that may, may be not the greatest fit for you in the long run anyway. And so it's, it's kind of like helping your mind to, um, adjust and accept what is coming at you. So understand that, okay, you know what, this might not be the right fit, but something else might be coming. That's going to be a better fit. That's one thing. The second thing is just practically looking for things and people in your life that are going to be positive and add that positive stuff back to your life. Because it does take a lot to go, just to put yourself out there, to go out to interviews, to even put in a, um, put in a, uh, you know, an application or whatever it might be. But especially if you hear no a lot. Um, but what happens for a lot of us is that after we hear no for a while, we start to get into a negative headspace. We start to get into a negative, negative mindset. And that can really give us a lot of problems to, um, you know, because we show up with that energy and that, that actually caused us to not get what we really want to get 
as well. So to be your best, look at ways to fill yourself up, be in a positive space so that when you get there, you have more positive energy for the um, for what you're applying to as well. Sounds like great advice. It sounds, uh, I, I know there's probably people in their car rolling their eyes going easier said than done, but you've got to try it. Because if you don't try it, then you can't get it done. And I think that that is one of the the great things about having two experts here with us today. We've got therapist Yona Budd, who's an expert when it comes to addictions counseling. Dr. Gans Ferenc, who's a registered psychologist. And we have another half an hour. You have another half an hour. I want you to pick up your phone. If there's something that's bugging you, it doesn't matter how small it is, how large it seems, there are people that can give you strategies to cope. It's nice to have this half hour set aside on Blue Monday. What a perfect day to do this. It's supposed to be the most depressing day of the year, but I'd like to turn that on its head and say that uh, we're making things happen here. And hopefully uh, it is not the most depressing day for you. Hopefully uh, you're going to be equipped by the end of this uh, hour with some strategies moving forward with our two experts uh, giving you some really great advice. I've been really impressed by uh, the advice you've given so far. The lines are open, 416-870-6400, 1-888-225-TALK. Guys, I want to I want to read a text because I think this one is really uh, it might not seem like it's a big deal, but this is a heartbreaker. Uh, It's from Ryan. I've had to put down my beloved cat this week and I'm an emotional mess. I don't know how I'm going to cope. He's meant the world to me. I'm crying as I text this. This is going to affect work. It's going to affect, you know, what I do through the week. I need some advice. Um, Would you like to start off, Yona? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to share with you and uh, tell you that, you know, I, I just did this. I did this not so long ago. I had to put down my my dog of 17 years, Barney. Uh, he he now is uh, replaced by, not replaced, but now I have a Siggy. So that's something else you might want to think about. If you, leave it go for a year or so and then, you know, get somebody, get a, another companion, number one. Number two, you know, you got you to gotta deal with this like any other loss, like the loss of a, a loved one in, you know, whether it's human form or, or an animal form you know, you got to treat this like any other kind of loss. And uh, what I would suggest and what worked for me is my family and I did stuff uh, in uh, the positive memory of, of Barney, our lost our lost pet. Uh, we did some positive stuff uh, in his memory by donating, uh, raising money and donating to uh, the Humane Society here in Toronto to help other dogs that aren't as fortunate and, you know, carry on in a way that uh, would make Barney proud. Uh, so, uh, the best way to deal with the loss is with positive thoughts and memories, uh, but do things, be active, use actions, uh, in a positive way in the merit of, uh, of the pet that you've lost and, uh, recognize that it's also going to take time, uh, to, uh, get over the pain and suffering. Uh, Dr. Ferentz, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's, it's so true. Um, everything you said was right on the money and we don't always re- recognize how, what a big, uh, role pets play in our lives. Right. But you know, we, we, we need connection with other humans, but, but, you know, with pets, we have unconditional love. Uh, humans will argue back and they'll ask for stuff, right? Um, pets just love us automatically, right? So it can be a really big hole that's left when, when we have to lose a, a pet. But as Yuna said, being able to do something in memory of that pet and, and generally just general advice for people dealing with grief and that sort of thing is one, understand that it is normal and healthy to go through grief. Uh, you're supposed to give yourself time and it's not just the loss of a human, it's the loss of anything. We, you know, the grieving process needs to be gone through. But then the other thing is to help you get through the grief, uh, you can do things to help other people, other pets, other folks, other pet owners, uh, just do something to get yourself out of yourself that helps you move through grief more effectively, more quickly. I have a question though, cause it's a routine thing 
well, you know, that you know, twice a day I feed my sweet little dog Ferris, breakfast and dinner, and you know, once you know, I'm, I'm faced with loss like our like Ryan has, you know, with mm-hmm. his pet. Um, what do you do to fill that time? Like, is there anything you can do? Is there a strategy you can do like in the morning, in the evening when you're really going to feel it and you're like, Oh, I used to feed the dog. Now, what do I do? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. You, you're going to have to look for ways to fill in those times. Cause those, those are the, that's the like time hole that's left with your, your day, because this is what I'd usually do in those times. That's when the grief is going to show up, by the way. You know what I mean? Is when, oh man, just, I've, I've, I filled the bowl and he's not here. Do you, you know lift what I mean? the bowl? Like all that sort of thing. Do you remove What's the that? stuff? Do you, do you get rid of that paraphernalia or do you leave it? I, I, my, my, I would, I would leave it. I'm sorry, not leave it. I would actually move it. I would put it away. I'd pack it up and put it somewhere yeah. special. I mean, it, it might be something you want to look at at some point or have a, a memento of, uh, of your pet. But for right now, you want to take it out of your line of sight because it is going to, you're not going to be able to move it and move forward if you keep having these reminders but you'll have reminders anyway and when the reminders come and the grief comes the sadness or that wave of emotion comes it's okay take the time feel it understand that it's normal and then go on to the next thing you can also start to say okay well this is the time i used to fill the bowls now i'm going to do this instead right and and have something that's going to like you can step into that time so you don't feel that pain it doesn't hit you as hard and unexpectedly or, or regularly even. Yeah, I would agree. I think getting rid of things that bring back, uh, memories. I mean, it's nice to have pictures and things that are, that bring back those types of memories, but an empty bowl, an empty bed, a, a collar hanging from a, from a hook. Uh, I don't think that does anybody any good. I have a call, uh, from Lori in London. Now I'm wondering, cause this could, this could be a lengthy call. Should we go to Lori in London uh, chat with her, uh, hold her through the break. You guys come back and give uh, give your advice. Is that a, is that a good way to go? Oh, uh, sure. All right, let's do it. Let's go to Lori in London. Welcome to the Kelly Cotrera Show, Lori. Hi, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, what's your question for Doctor Gans Ferenson in Unibud? Give us your scenario. Well, not a, I'm not even sure. It's so much of a looking for an answer. It's just the irony of what you're talking about today. Um, I, I work with people with special needs. Um, I'm a contract worker and I'm just so burnt out. And, and for the first time, I just didn't show up to work today. And I'm, I'm feeling so guilty about that. Um, but I'm just burnt out. I work with a number of clients. Um, I have an 82 year old, um, mother who lives with me. Um, so it's, it just feels constant, you know? You just didn't show up for work. Did you call and say, uh, like, I can't come in, I'm not well, or? No, I didn't. I just, I was on my way. And I'm just like, I just, I can't do it today. I'm, I'm so tired. Okay, so that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's okay that, okay, just take a breath, first of all. You sound like you're still a little overwhelmed. So just take a breath, just. Look outside if there's any sunshine. Have a look at that for a minute. Just look around. Get a little fresh air. Just breathe with me for just a second. Okay. So let me tell you, it's all good. Okay. So if you would have slipped, if you would have slipped and fell on the ice and had to phone your boss and say, I can't come in because I slipped and fell on the ice, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. feel the least bit guilty. Right? No. Okay. Don't feel guilty because the inside hurts. 
Mm. Take the time you need for yourself, young lady. You deserve it. Mm. It's okay. Your company will survive without you. Call in for yeah. a sick day and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, you right. Know, and, and right. I, I know. I, I feel that. I really do. And I understand, you know, the mental health and it's, you know, how important it is. And I guess that's why maybe I. I took the right instead of turning left. Good for you. To go right. Good for you. And, uh, and if and, and if you yeah, can't I'm give yourself permission, Doctor Ferentz and I are going to give you permission right now. So if you don't, have, if you don't, if no one else is going to give you permission, Doctor Ferentz and I just gave you permission to go right instead of left. Go home. <laughs> do something fun. Watch something that makes you smile. Eat the food that makes you feel good. Snuggle up in your PJs right. and and your favorite uh, favorite slippers and don't look back. Right. Thank you. After, I love after, the work. After the I break, do, I'll the <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, Lori, you do such important work. I, I appreciate you adding that in, that you love the work that you do. You just could love not it. do it today. It's where yeah. we started off yeah. this hour with, yeah. you know, putting on your mask first, making sure you're okay and giving yourself permission. Yeah, yeah. So, Lori, um, <laughs> I'm very familiar with this. And, and just, just so you know, you're not alone at all. Um, the folks that are looking after people, the caregivers are under enormous stress right now, whether, whether you're a paid caregiver or a family caregiver, it's a lot. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times the caregivers break down before the people they're looking after break down, you know? Um, so it is a lot of weight to carry myself personally. I've been, I've been doing psychology for over 30 years at this point, And I took a whole year off at one point. I just, I didn't see anybody. I, I was so burnt out myself that I couldn't function. And so I had to stop. And that's what, this is one of the things that I work with people on now because, you know, I went through it, but, um, understanding that it's kind of a normal physiological thing for us to get to a point where there's nothing left. Now, if we do look after ourselves in a different way, now that I know that I, I can do that, but, um, you know, making sure we're getting enough sleep, making sure we're taking time for ourselves, making sure we take breaks like you did today. Um, all these things are very, very important because if we go down as the caregivers, the people we care about don't have people to look after them. So it is one of those things like where you have to be, you know, take the time for yourself and it's in a sense it can feel selfish. It's not, it's actually right, reasonable, responsible. But when you do that and you look after yourself and make sure you're grounded, you're in good shape, then it's a lot easier because it's, it's better. I mean, if I'm, if I'm with, if I'm getting care, I want somebody to want to be there. I want somebody mm. to be happy and energized and, and positive when they're there. So whatever you have to do to feel that way, that's a healthy, responsible thing for you to do. So I'm glad you took the day off because that's, that's far better than the alternative. Lori, thanks so much for sticking around and, uh, and, and tuning into the show. It's, uh, I think, great advice. Um, I want to turn to some, a caller that didn't want to stick around. They, I said earlier on, I will be your voice if you need me. Um, this happened during the break. Caller called in and said, look, I found out yesterday that one of my closest friends has received an unfortunate health diagnosis. And they let me know via email and said, take a breath. You process the way you need to process and reach out to me and maybe I'll get back to you. Maybe I won't. Um, they did not sleep last night very well. They are very concerned about this person. They they want to be uh, support for the person. They also uh, know that time is ticking. And they want to get back to them. Uh, I guess that really the long and short of what this caller communicated to me is they'd like to know the right words 
to convey that uh, that they are concerned for this person and they are their friend. Where, where do we start, Yona? Uh, well, first of all, my heart goes out to that person and everyone else that's listening out there that's going through this exact feeling right now. I mean, my wife was diagnosed 10 years ago with breast cancer. Uh, I was overwhelmed. She's, thank God, 10 years. Uh, she's now clean. She's got fired for her oncologist. But I know what it's like to, to, to just be so, so devastated and not know what to do next. Uh, the best advice I can give that person is it's not about words. You're not going to have the right words. If you're able to be physical with them, if you're able to go visit them or go to their house, nothing's better than a hug, a couple of cups of coffee and something sweet to, to chew on. Uh, you know, if it's, if, if it's you and you're, and it's a, a girlfriend of yours, a boyfriend of yours, maybe a sleepover, right? Maybe just a, a distraction, get away for a night somewhere. Uh, the, I don't think it's about talking. I think it's just about being there being warm, being unconditionally available and not asking questions and not delving into stuff. And by, and by in no way, in no way do you want to give advice because you're not in that, that person's not in, you're not in that person. That's the caller's not in that person's skin. So it's hard to say, I know what you feel because you don't, unless you, God forbid, you've been there. Um, there that's, so the best thing to be, in order to be a friend, less words, more actions, uh, just let them know I love you. I just, I'm here. I love you. We don't have to talk about anything. Just, I love you. Let's smile. Let's cry. Let's laugh. Let's drink. Let's watch TV, whatever. Let's just be together. And from that discussion will probably come. And then you, ma you manage those discussions according to the person who's uh, in that difficult place. Does that help? Yeah, I, that help? I, I would say that would help if it was me and the other, in the, you know, in this situation, Dr. Gantz, uh, is a text cold? Well, no, I mean, to start the text is okay. Right. I mean, to say, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like this, that's, that's horrible news. And, and I'm here. Um, you know, as you was saying, presence is good when you, if you can, when you can get there, you can do that. But a phone call, um, something on video chat, um, you know, anything where they can see you and kind of feel you is going to be better than just a text, but the, a text to start, I think is important. It's like, Oh man let's talk, let's, let's set up a time when we can talk or be together. A lot of times just the presence, just the, and whether you're physically present or present at a distance, being there for the person who's going through a hard time really does make it a little easier to go through the hard time. Um, there, there's just something we're, we're herd animals by nature as humans. And so we need each other. We need that sense of connection. We need to know that somebody cares. We need to know that, um, that we're not alone. And so when somebody can just come and sit and just be there, that makes a huge, huge amount of difference. How much time is too much time, though? Because you don't want to take up too much space in this person's life that's dealing with whatever they're dealing with. They've got this diagnosis. You don't want to make it about you going to see. Do you know? Because I, I would think that yeah. would be so a tough thing to balance. Ask the question, is, is this a good time? Yep. You know, yep. most of the time I'm calling people or people are calling me. I know Dr. Gans is the same way. You know, we're, we, we ask questions. Is this a good time? I, I'd yeah. like to come over for an hour. Is it a good time? I'd like to come over for 20 minutes. Is it a good time? Or you got, you got 15 minutes for a video chat. Um, you know, and if you're going to do something by text, I would follow it up with a really cute emoji. 
that shows lots of hugs oh, and snuggles right. and cuddles and X's what about a gift is a gift a, a gift no, okay? a gift is a little <laughs> kelly a gift is a little <laughs> over the top right now but uh let's let's see how it unfolds if it was me it might be appropriate i'm slightly yeah, over the top yeah. well, Listen, well, that, that's the thing i mean it depends on the person right exactly. i mean like so so, exactly. so you right. know what what you want to take the lead of the person who's having the difficult time it's like listen i'm here what do you need what what the research has shown especially through covid is that Quicker, more frequent calls or connections are better than longer calls, right? So that's that's something you want to think about too. We have one minute left. Um, this is going to be a tough one because I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you. But very quickly, Yona, what advice do you definitely want people to leave with t- today? Uh, three things. I want you to recognize that you're important and you deserve the care that you give yourself. Number two, it's it's okay to tell somebody no, now is not a good time. And number three, you're never alone. There's always someone or somewhere you can go to share your feelings and have those feelings shared with you. Dr. Gantz? Yeah, for me, it's the better you feel, the better you do. So whatever you need to do to look after yourself to feel good, you're going to be better for the people and the things you care about. So make sure you do that. And second, have yourself a team. I got a team around me to help me get through stuff. Don't do it alone. Um, We don't need to wait till we're bleeding from the eyes. All right. Uh, to uh, get advice from Dr. Gantz, visit AskDrGantzVIP.com. Yona Bud is at YonaBud.com. And of course, uh, he's host of At Your Best Saturdays at 11 o'clock right here on the Chorus Radio Network. Thank you so much for all of your expert advice. It's been an absolute pleasure and oh, an honor. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for less stealing thank a little so bit of your time. Me. Cheers. And thanks for uh, being here. Uh, thanks to you. I couldn't do this without you and I wouldn't want to. Let's do it again tomorrow.